everyone to another episode of Mental Unblock. This is your host, Omar, and this week we host yet another entrepreneur. This one, however, has been called crazy because he simply decided to go and compete against a company like Netflix. But to his benefit, he's doing so quite successfully, taking on more and more market share by the day. He is the crazy co-founder and CEO of Stars Play, Mr. Mashek. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Omar. Thanks for being here. Um, I would also like to take a minute and uh, thank uh, our guest, Mr. Spencer Lodge, for making it happen university. Uh, this is going to be a special episode. You're going to help me co-host. Uh, thanks for sticking around after your interview. So I'd like to welcome Spencer to the show as well. Thanks, thanks very much indeed. I hope, I hope I do a good job for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, Maz, uh, I'd like to, uh, first of all, congratulate you guys. You've raised about $125 million in funding to date. So congratulations. Thank you. And the question I have, are you guys partying like rock stars with that money? No, not really. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> we still got a long ways to go. So uh, with, with, with all that capital comes a lot of responsibility. So we're the responsible ones. <laughs> I'd have blown it. <laughs> <laughs> you probably did already. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to take a step back, uh, just you know, a little walk down memory lane, and tell us a little bit more about where you came from, your childhood, your upbringing. What, what was your childhood like overall? Did you have a good childhood? Was it tough? Did you have it easy? What was your childhood like? Um, you, you know, Omar, I had a very uh, blessed uh, childhood. Uh, came from a middle-class family in, in Pakistan. Had uh, two very loving parents and uh, two very loving uh, older siblings. And uh, so, you know, most of my childhood memories are, are, are very pleasant. Um, but uh, my mom did pass away when, when I was uh, really young. How old so, were you? Um, I was uh, 15 years old oh. at that time, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so my, my dad was sort of my mom and my dad, sure. if you will, uh, growing up. And, uh, and, but, you know, I was also blessed with two older siblings uh, that, that babied me. How did you cope with that? I mean, I'd ask you, how did, how did it make you feel? But, you know, that's quite clear. How did you cope with it? Did you ever rebel? Did it push you to do anything crazy? Because some people do do that. Right. Um, you know, I, I think when, when you go th uh, through such a trauma at, uh, at an early uh, stage in your life, I, I don't think you quite sense or you quite get what you've lost. Because uh, when you're a child, you, you don't quite know what it means to, to lose a mother. And I, I think the pain begins to set in sort of later on in, the, in life when, when you realize what, uh, what you've missed out. So I think for me, the, so, so, the, so the loss of not having a mother, probably I started to feel more in my 20s. Uh, that's when sort of the reality and pain, uh, sort of sure. the realization set in. So if we fast forward a little bit, before you started Stars Play, you're actually the COO, um, uh, quite a senior position at a reputable company, OSN. That's correct. You were there for a few years. And That's then right. you do something crazy. You decide to give up the uh, safety net. You decided to give up such uh, a great position. Um, and you want to start your own company, go down this risky road um, with no guarantee. What made you do that? I mean, wow. were you not happy at OSN? <laughs> So, so I'm looking for a real answer. Don't see how he got uncomfortable. Not sure I want to answer that one. <laughs> no, it's um, so. Uh, I think th there's uh, there's always um, there was always uh, sort of a passion or a bug inside me to to do something on my own and to do something bigger than than just uh, you know work for someone else for the rest of my life. 
Um, so, and I, I'd done um, two different startups in, in US sure. and, and before uh, coming to Dubai again. So I'd done two startups. So I, I think it was somewhere in there uh, that I did want to do and go back to doing a startup and building a business from, from, from zero and be able to say I was employee number one or employee number four, you know, that I yeah. had that in me. Um, and then, you know, there's always, I think, just like everyone else, uh, we all have our, uh, you know, there's a little bit of pride, there's a little bit of ego, and there's a little bit of insecurity, yeah. and, and all of that mixed in. And so I was no different, you know, so even though I had a, uh, I, was, I was very fortunate to have a very good job at OSN, and uh, in a lot of ways things were going really well, but in lots of other ways, you know, there were things that that were missing. Sure. And there was that insecurity in me that wanted to do more or prove or, or feel like I have a chip on my shoulder to, mm -hmm. to prove. And so um, I wish I could say that there was some big grand vision or a big grand plan. There wasn't. <laughs> <But> <laughs> unfortunately, there wasn't. And, and, but it was all sort of lots of mixed emotions. Sure. Uh, but I think it was primarily driven, ultimately it boiled down to the sort of the passion and those insecurities and having that chip on the shoulder that I need to prove something. Uh, to who are you trying to prove it to? Um, I think, so, so for me uh, personally, uh, I, I just felt like uh, that, that I was always carrying a lot of dreams. I, I had all these uh, uh, sort of dreams from my, my whether it's be it my parents or my dad, uh, and, and you feel like you're carrying this burden of things to prove and, and this, this burden of living these dreams. Um, so uh, it, it was definitely not to myself. I, I think it was more for people around me than anything else. And primarily, I would say my family. A lot of pressure in, um, uh, in, in you know, certain families, like when you come from certain parts of the world, whether you're Arabic, from Pakistan, India, uh, the expectations tend to be quite high. And you know, I found out from interviewing a few entrepreneurs that the the primary the primary reason why they do it is to prove a point to their family that you know they want to make sure that they please the parents and you know they do right by the family so that must have been a lot of pressure um, what I'm really interested in knowing is when you decided to actually leave you you decided to quit OSN mm -hmm. and move on to start this crazy journey how did you first get started did you have a plan in place was it well thought out or did you just kind of build as you went along and tell me about financing it. How did, how did you come up with the money to do this? So, um, uh, didn't have the full plan laid out. I think, um, you know, I, 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 we had a certain uh, vision that this is, this is what we wanted to do. But along that vision, we made so many different adjustments and, and the idea itself evolved and got redefined over time. Um, but just like, it is the case with most successful journeys. Um, if you are fortunate in this journey, uh, you know, luck will go your way and you'll meet some people that will help you shape uh, the, this journey and, and make, it, make, it, make it successful. Uh, for us, it was, it was very similar. Um, through my former boss, um, I, I was introduced to um, a very successful uh, entrepreneur and an investor out of uh, out of uh, Stockholm, Sweden, and happened to have dinner with him in in Copenhagen. I flew out there to meet him, just like you do. You know, I had hundreds of meetings like this, mm. and you got to take each one of them with the same level of excitement. 
and enthusiasm even that after, this is... Even after getting to 100, you're still trying <laughs> to maintain that excitement. Yeah, you have to, right? Because, and, and that's the, sort of, that's the passion and, and energy sort of uh, fire in your belly that I try to instill in my kids. Because sure. that's, that's, that's what you really need. And so, so even after hundreds of meetings, uh, you know, we went to this dinner in, in Copenhagen and we met this gentleman, Peter Aikland, and, and he loved the idea. Uh, and then he ended up becoming uh, sort of the seed investor in, in, our, in our company. So with his seed investment and our friends and family, capital and investment and life savings, uh, we got the company off the ground. How, how difficult was this part of your life? Because we had a conversation and you told me at one point that as you left uh, OSN, you were, you were looking for the funding. Um, you went through some financial difficulties. You downgraded mm -hmm. the house. You had to go from two cars down to one. And I think it was right around that time that your father, who you're quite close to, um, happened to pass away. Mm -hmm. how, how, how did that affect you? So, um, you know, looking, looking back, uh, I have to admit this is perhaps uh, the most difficult part of my life. Uh, you know, when, when you go through a journey like this, you're not just uh, making the decisions for yourself because you have a family as well, right? So that family is, is making this entrepreneurial journey with you. So because when you, whether it's not going on a vacation or downgrading to one car or changing homes, you're your family's going through that change with you. So that in itself is a big, uh, big responsibility and big change. Um, and you question that on a daily basis. Have I made the right decision? Have I made the right call? And, and, uh, and during that time, like you said, uh, is, is when, when my father passed away. And, um, you know, it, 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 was, it was extremely difficult for me. And, uh, and, and you question yourself, you question your decisions, uh, you question whether this is the right move, is, whether it's, this is all worth it or not. But I think you, you also, at the same time, you also have to dig deep and, uh, and see why were you doing this in the first place? And what, what is it that uh, drives and makes you go forward? Uh, for some people, it, it might be a house, some people, it might be just money, fame, power. Uh, everyone has different motivations. Um, so for me, it was, it was going back to what we were discussing earlier, is living up to those, to those dreams. And, and now this time, I couldn't let my kids down. You know, yeah. my kids are old enough to see uh, what Baba is doing and whether this will work out or not. And, and uh, to me, it felt like now I've got the burden of their dreams as well. Uh, tagged on to this and their education and their well-being tied to this and so so um, you know you need to find that energy and 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 get on with sure. it things uh, change they improved later on um, you guys managed to raise a, a second round and I think a third round as well of investment um, and the amounts got substantially uh, larger uh, how did you find these investors? Who did you go after? Because it is quite difficult, especially in this part of the world, and I think you mentioned that at one point. That's correct. Um, tell us a little bit more about that, the difficulty in raising the money and how you got successful, and also all the rejections that you got. Walk us through that quickly. Sure. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, so this was all over the last four years. And yeah. in, in last four years, the, the, uh, the high-tech startup community and the ecosystem in Dubai and in this region has come a long way. And, but when we were first getting started, 
the idea of investment, investing in a business that's going to take five or six years before it returns any, any capital um, was, was too risky. And, and, so, and also the amount of capital we were looking for, Omar, was, was too much for a typical venture investment, sure. uh, typical VC. But at the same time, we weren't established enough for a traditional private equity investor or a bank. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what we realized is that uh, we need to find a strategic industry investor who understands this business uh, and, and, but is looking for growth outside of the US. And here, we're able to give them um, sort of a nascent market that'll grow uh, at the same time a management team and, and people who have experience from the region. Sure. And, and so we started talking to the major Hollywood studios. And, and we talked to several studios, and, and then um, we zeroed in uh, on, a, on a relationship with the Stars, uh, Lionsgate. Uh, they are they're, uh, one company now, and, and they ended up becoming the lead uh, investor in, in our business. How much was that round? So that round was uh, $40 million. Oh. From Lionsgate, the production, Hollywood. That's correct. So what, it was just a couple of meetings you popped in, presented to them, <laughs> and they're like, they're, how much do you need? No, not quite. <laughs> not quite. Um, you did it in one meeting. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the, the way I would uh, uh, answer that is I, I, I think I put on about 150,000 miles on Emirates that, that year. I became a platinum. Wow. Flying mostly economy, <laughs> so so I put on a lot of miles going back and forth between Dubai and Los Angeles and, and New York. Um, so um, so lots of meetings. Uh, there's uh, but you know one thing I want to highlight here that it wasn't just me, mm. right? We we had the right uh, team uh, with me, and and this is perhaps the the most important lesson in in this journey is sure. that uh, that we're not all Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. We're not, not all of us can be a product visionary, a technologist, mm -hmm. and a great CEO, and a great financial planner all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so if you're fortunate and blessed enough in this journey, you'll, you'll find the right people uh, to work with you. And um, you know, Steve Jobs had you know, Wozniak and, and, and so on and so forth. So, um, so we were fortunate that we had a, has a, had a solid team that Investors looked at and said, "You know what? We'll we'll back these guys. Back these guys. They know what they're doing." Yeah. yeah. So now you've got the funding. You're you compete against Netflix. That's when the party starts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's when you got the most. forty million. Yeah. That was like, yeah. <laughs> we did. We, we it was a sigh of relief. <laughs> was a I've never heard a party called that before. But. <laughs> You're flying back business now, probably, right? No, no, no. We're, uh, I Come still on. fly economy. Really? Yeah, yeah. Still? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's the money still. for the business, isn't it? It's, you know, exactly. We need the money for the business. And, you know, and you, you want to be able to look your shareholders in the eye, right? You want to be able to say that um, you, are, you are doing the right, you're, you're making the right use of their investment mm -hmm. and, and you're carrying this responsibility. Of, of their investment. Well, also, the leaner you run a business, yeah. Yeah, the smarter it, uh, future investors look at That's that. correct. correct. Um, speaking of the responsibility, were there any big mistakes that you've made, anything that you regret, anything you would do differently when it came to building this company, any bad business decisions that you can think of? Um, look, there were, there were so many. 
There were so many. And, and Have a go, Dave. <laughs> it's like, but I won't talk about it. The investors are probably watching. So. No, but uh, you know the, the the reality is when when you go on a journey like this, what's what's important is that um, you know while while uh, conviction and and uh, having the confidence in your vision and and having that belief is extremely important. I think uh, humility uh, is is equally important. You know, recognizing that that you made a mistake or we made a mistake as a company, and then going back and tweaking and adjusting. If there's one thing we did right in last uh, in last three and a half years of our journey, it's that that we we recognized what we were doing wrong. Uh, we came back and adjusted and tweaked and, and moved on from there. So, so looking back, yes, there's there's several things that we would have done sure. or I would have done differently. Sure. You guys are now, I think, just over 100 employees. That's correct. What, and this is something that I've experienced personally. One of the biggest issues was, um, you know, uh, staff retention, um, finding the right caliber of people, given mm -hmm. the region that we live in. Mm -hmm. Right? Is that also your biggest challenge at Stars? But what is your biggest challenge? What is the biggest thing that you face? The biggest thing that you could use help with? For sure. So, so people in a business like ours is is definitely, you know, uh, one of the top priorities because it is it is ultimately. An execution business, you know, we we are competing with with a global juggernaut, right, and, and a massive global brand. Um, so so where where um, global players like Netflix uh, see problems and challenges, mm -hmm. you know, we see opportunity and hope. So so we try to figure out where is it that we can differentiate ourselves. How do we compete in this one area where? global players are struggling. Mm -hmm. And then we zero in on that and we really develop our, our, our strengths on that and build our business around that. Sure. One of the really interesting things that you guys did, and this really helped you differentiate yourself, is while Netflix would only focus on a certain target audience, people with credit cards. That's right? correct. You guys can work around that. That's correct. Tell us more about that, because I thought that was quite, uh, quite So yeah, so uh, I, I think when, when you're a US-based company, you know, you might have very US or Western-centric views. And, and, and if the idea is that having a credit card is a norm in US, uh, for the rest of the world, it's the other way around. You know, uh, six billion people in the world do not have a credit card, sure. right? So, so Really? Yeah, so not having a credit card is, is the norm in most of the world, yeah. I mean, even in wow. e even in uh, North Africa, in Egypt, the credit card penetration is is less than five percent. So, how do you build um, a massive subscriber base and audience uh, if you cannot address ninety or ninety-five percent of the population? The credit card penetration in UAE is relatively high. Uh, you know, much like uh, Western Europe. Mm -hmm. But if you go to other parts of, uh, of uh, Africa or, or this region, the credit card penetration is fairly low. So one of the things we do is we allow customers to sign up with their mobile phone numbers. So if you're an Etisalat customer, you can download our app. We will recognize that uh, you know, this is Spencer and this is his mobile phone number. Everything will be pre-populated. And, and you just come through on my telephone bill. That's correct. Oh. And we do that in, in Egypt with Orange. We do that in Morocco with Morocco Telecom and in Saudi with Saudi Telecom. Sure. So we give customers the flexibility to sign up for the service. You're expanding into Iraq soon as well. Actually, you guys are across, what, 19 countries now? That's correct. Okay. What sort of viewership or what sort of uh, audience do you have? So we, on, 
are well, typical. Compared to Netflix, I mean. Sure, in terms of market sure. Share. So you know, I, I can I can quote some um, some independent market studies here. Um, so there's a recent report that came out from from a leading uh, research firm called IHS mm -hmm. Market, um, and this this study had us as the number one uh, um, service provider in the region, uh, both in terms of market share of number of subscribers, as well as uh, by revenue. Um, so we were number one, mm -hmm. followed by uh, Shahid. Uh, which sure. is NBC's Correct. service at number two, and then yes. Netflix at number three. Um, Hold on a minute, I've got to stop here. You've raised all this money, you're now number one, and you still haven't had a party. <laughs> 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 we should do a party. And maybe maybe we're doing We've got to celebrate. It's only Thursday night. It's only Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only joking. No, we, we've had iftar parties. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so we had several iftar parties, but uh, but yes, uh, but you know we're getting there. But but this is this is part of the challenge, uh, Spencer. In all seriousness, is is living with this duality, that that yes, you have success, but at the same time, you know, you look at Netflix, and we still have a very long ways to go before uh, our product in terms of experience and technology can be as good as, as sure. Netflix. So we still look up to them and, and think of ways we can keep up with them. But at the same time, we try to find opportunities mm -hmm. uh, where we can be stronger. And the, the payment uh, options was one of them. But I, I think part of the entrepreneurial or the startup challenge is always living with this duality. Mm -hmm. You know, on one hand, you know, it could feel like you, you know, the, the toughest and the most difficult day of your life because uh, you, you know, uh, you have funding challenges or, sure. or you, you're trying to meet payroll. But at the, on, you know, a few months later, it could be the most, you could feel like on top of the world. Sure. And you just got to, you know, average these ups and downs uh, throughout uh, every day of your life. And as a company, we, we go through the same thing where we, we have to accept the, the, the success that we have, but at the same time, you know, deal with the fact that we're still a very, very small player compared to mm -hmm. Netflix. Uh, if, if you had to go back a few years and somebody told you that one day you would be competing against Netflix and maybe have a bigger market share, would you have believed it? Did no. you think that this was going to happen one day? No. No? No. It was... Uh, or oh, Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been back then, wouldn't it? No. The local video store. Yeah. I know who Blockbuster is. Hold it up. No, I, I, I mean, was around. I mean, I even around. before Blockbuster, because we, we had Blockbuster, they were the DVDs, and I think that before great. we had the independent video stores, so yeah. we were the same age, and... Uh, yeah, yeah. You, remember, you remember that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah. But crazy when you think about it, isn't Absolutely. it? How that's evolved and those businesses evolved. Why are you doing this? Are you doing it to make money? Are you doing this because you know you, you want to have a legacy? What is it? <laughs> um, you know, I, I I like to think that there was you know some grand vision behind it, but uh, to be to be honest, they, you know, the I never really had uh, a really strong vision or a plan that this is why we, this is why I personally want to do this. I think things sort of happened, and and you know. Uh, whether I was at, uh, while I was at OSN, it just, things evolved in a way that, you know, I said, I want to do something different. And I do want to do something on my own. And then, you know, once you set on this journey and you've sort of um, uh, burned all your boats and there's no way to go back, then you're in it. Mm. And then you just have to make it work. Sure. 
So, so I'm, I'm one of those that, that thinks, that believes that, uh, you know, sometimes we can waste a lot of time trying to figure out whether it's path A, B, or C. So I'm, I'm one of those that is not a big believer in picking which path you take, but more on, it's more important what happens and what you do once you've chosen that path. Mm -hmm. did, did you actually, I mean, this is a very interesting thing that you brought up. When you decided to quit working at OSN, did you think about the, how difficult it would be to actually get another seat? Because the more senior your position is, yeah. the less the pool out there yeah. for these jobs. Yeah. Did you give that some thought or did you just jump? No, 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 absolutely. You, you give it a lot of thought. How, uh, how long did you think about this before you executed? Six months. Okay. Six months and at least six months. And uh, hold nervous? on, six months for this idea? No, six, or six months I want to leave. Six, six months, months I want to leave. Oh, really? So that's yeah. not a very long period of time, is it, when you think about it? <laughs> but it isn't really, is it? Six yeah. months I want to leave. Okay, six months I want to go and start a business and guess what? I know what I want and I'm going to plot that out. Right. But to sit and think, six months I've had enough of this, I want to try something else, but I've no idea what. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, uh, it, in hindsight, looking back, you know, there, there were a lot of sleepless nights, right? You, you wake up in the middle of night and sweating and thinking, you know, do I really want to do this? More, and more anxiety than watching an England penalty competition. <laughs> 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 and, and yeah, exactly. I mean, so it is, uh, to me, it was a very stressful period to make that decision. Um, but, but, but again, I, I wish I could tell you that I had this grand vision that we're going to do all these great things, but... You had a hard time making that decision. You were nervous, you were afraid. Who were the people that were making it worse? In other words, people that didn't believe in you. I'm sure there was a few around, right? Yeah. Did you have a few of those people around? Yeah, there were quite a few. <laughs> my kids, my wife. My <laughs> well, uh, it's funny. You, my boss. <laughs> we'll come back to that later. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, uh, so for example, uh, you know, just, just between my kids, I, I have two boys and they, they have extremely different personalities. Sure. You know, the, the older one is very measured, very uh, careful and cautious. He studies everything before he takes a single step. The younger one is more like me, you know, he, he takes an action and then thinks later. Yeah. And so, so it was interesting for me to, to listen to them. The, the older one was saying, you know, he was giving me stats on, Baba, do you know how many businesses get started every year? and 97 or 98% of them will fail within the first 12 months. Wow. And I'm like, where is he getting all these stats from? Whereas the younger one was completely different. Um, so, so yes, I mean, and, and I think people uh, sometimes are negative not to be negative, mm -hmm. but they're, they're giving you their point of view from sure. their own lens and their own thinking. Mm. It's um, fear, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, and, and there is a lot of fear, but I think one thing I, I was always sort of fortunate to have, and especially from my dad, is, is, that, is that belief that eventually things will work out. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's not this, it'll be something else. If it's not something else, it'll be, you know, some, uh, you know maybe another opportunity sure. will come up. Sure. So I think the, the, the most challenging part for me was to taking the decision and, and taking that plunge. Once I did that, I, I think it was all just focus on getting it done and getting it, getting through it. Did you it. ever look back, say, I wish I didn't do this, I regret it? Did um, you actually ever think of quitting or come close to it? No, no, never I, 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 I never uh, regret and rethinking your sure. decision, uh, yes. Um, but, I, but I think looking back and, uh, you know, 
having regrets and looking back and saying, you know, did I make the right decision or not? These are not necessarily bad things to me in a, in a person, uh, mm -hmm. in, 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 in someone's personality or in, uh, you know, I think as individuals, we, we can use these as, uh, as motivational mm -hmm. uh, uh, instruments or tools to move forward. So that's what I did. You said something quite interesting just a minute ago when you talked about, uh, when Omar asked you if you ever felt about quitting and you said no. The people that don't quit are typically the people that said what you said earlier, which is you burn the boats. Yeah. Because when you burn the boats, quitting then doesn't become an option in, the, no. in, in, your, in your conscious, maybe in your subconscious, but in your That's conscious correct. it doesn't. So, and lots of people in business, I find, they haven't burned the boats. Yeah. So, so quitting is still not, an, not a preferred option, but it's still an option on the table. That's correct. That's correct. And, and you know, I think there's, a, there's an important point there, Spencer, that, that now that you've highlighted it, you know, we both know lots of successful people in, in big companies and they have entrepreneurial ambitions, but they want to stay on as the CFO or the VP of sales at this big company and do something in the evenings mm -hmm. and raise capital or do, build a business. And so to me, one, I'm not good at multitasking, so I could never do that. But secondly, just psychologically, having one foot in the door and the other outside is to me is not the way to to build a, a successful startup. It's, not, it's not, not, not good on your startup. It's also not respectful for the people that pay you the wages. Really, you <laughs> That's know, correct. Because your commitments correct. to them and emotionally and, and morally. That's correct. And and also if you're out there raising capital, right? How do you look that person in the eye and say my idea is good enough for your money, but I'm not prepared to leave my job yet, mm -hmm. right? So they want to see that the investors that are going to back you, mm -hmm. they want to see that you've walked away from something and you've, you believe in this. And so you have to show mm -hmm. your own skin in the game. Yeah. And, and, and to me, that burning those boats, as we said, was part of that uh, commitment, not just mentally for myself, but also for the, for the potential you know, investors. So I really enjoyed your story. I think you have a real inspirational, real motivational story. For a lot of the entrepreneurs, uh, a lot of our viewers, the people tuning in, uh, what sort of advice would you give them? I mean, you went pretty much through everything. An entrepreneur who's looking to start today, who's maybe nervous, who's afraid, what, what are the top three tips or do's that you would advise entrepreneurs? Um, so the first one is start early. The younger you are in, in age, uh, the, the more risks you can take. And I think the risk profile is completely different as you start to age and have more responsibilities. So the first one is start early. Um, the second one I would say is, is uh, know your purpose and, and know what is the true passion or purpose behind uh, the, the journey you're about to take. Because you're going to go through lots of ups and downs and, and you need some deep conviction, some deep rooted belief to bring you back to that and keep you going. And, and the third one would be, you know, uh, surround yourself with the right team and don't try to do it all on your own. Find the right people to work with to make it successful. Are you trying to say that you have a great team with you? Yes, yes. <laughs> I do. By the way, who, who, who's your partner? So we have, uh, so we, we had two teams that came sure. together. So there was a team that, uh, that came from OSN, uh, ex-OSN employees, and then their team uh, that came from uh, Peter Eklund's side, uh, who were working with Peter in, 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 in the Nordic markets. 
So, so we had, we, we're an unusual bunch in the sense that we had five people come together uh, to, to take this company forward. And uh, I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to have their trust and confidence where they said, okay, you know, we'll see this guy as the CEO and, sure. and follow him. So I've, I'm fortunate that, that I was entrusted with this role. But yeah, there, yeah we had five people that came together. Um, as we wrap things up, I just wanted to ask you, and I want to get this on camera, if you were invited for a, a part two, would you come? Absolutely. Great. And I'm also going to try to bring our cameras to your offices soon. We'll do a part two or a part three over there as Great. well. Great. Can I ask one last um, question? Absolutely. When you do have a party, can I come? <laughs> absolutely. You'll be the first one invited to it. <laughs> and we'll do it at Burj Khalifa. Perfect. <laughs> Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, thank you very much, Miles, for being thank on the much. show. I'd also like to thank our co-host today for sticking around after the interview. Spencer, thank you very much for being here. And until next episode, guys, this is your host, Omar, from Mental Unblock. We'll see you at the next episode.